Okay, season two, here we come. The Kardashians are back on Hulu. We're back in case you missed us. This September. We are starting to talk wedding dresses. Everything gets elevated. I do believe in love. When you love, you know you're alive. You have these feelings. No matter how crazy things are, we're always going to be family. Now hold your crown up. The Kardashians Season 2, streaming this September only on Hulu. Well, hello. It feels like it has been absolutely ages since there was an episode. So sorry about that, but thank you for all of your feedback on the Daphne and Celeste episode. You seem to really, really enjoy that. Um, I've got a lot of emails asking me, are they going to do Edinburgh? I don't know if they're going to do Edinburgh. It was just something that we talked about and uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe they will. I think they should. I think it would be absolutely brilliant, but um, I'm sure there will be news of that here first if they do. This episode has been in the bank for a while. This was actually the first episode that I recorded for the new season. So it has been in the bank for a while, but I think you're going to really love it. Now, Harsh Realities. Fascinated is a podcast that costs a lot of money to make because I do have to go back and forward to the UK quite a bit. So if you enjoy it, I'm not asking for money, but please do leave a nice review on iTunes as it does help other people find it and maybe we might be able to sell some ads. If you want to buy ads in Fascinated, just hit me up with an email. Also, if you could recommend it to your friends or give it a mention on social media, I would be so grateful. Just really enjoyed Fascinated. Or whatever. <laughs> also, what you could do is, uh, if you have ideas for guests, because um, I'm trying uh, to make it so that Fascinated is monthly and that there isn't a gap between seasons. So if you've got ideas for guests, uh, or if you know somebody that could be a guest, get in touch, get in touch with them, have them get in touch with me, whatever. Uh, I'd be really interested to know who you want to hear on the show. So there you go. Like, share, set your notifications to on uh, because this podcast is a regular. So uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, make sure that you're subscribed and that you have your notifications set. Okay, for this episode, I went to Blackpool to meet the incredible pop diva that Ireland almost had. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. Ireland has had some hugely successful pop stars. In the 90s, the pop music industry was chaotic and about to fall apart. But it was also a time when Irish pop singers were really making their mark. Westlife, Boyzone, Bewitched and The Corps were all pop royalty. We had groups galore, but solo pop artists were few and far between. In a big media frenzy in 1996, we were assured that Ireland's answer to Mariah Carey had been found. And that Mariah was Bianca Kinane. These days, Bianca is one of the UK's most respected session singers. But in 1996, she was about to become the biggest thing since sliced bread. Bianca is a singer who is undeniably brilliant. She has a rich soul voice and an incredible range. And that doesn't really fit with the tiny red-haired girl with the Tipperary brogue that I met in Blackpool. In 1995, after much coercion from a family friend, Bianca appeared on the TV talent show Stars in the Rise as Mariah Carey. She won her heat performing Mariah Carey's Hero and she made it to the final, but she didn't win and that was that. But within a year, she had signed on the dotted line to make an album in a deal with pop maestro Pete Waterman of Stock Aiken and Waterman. That all sounds great, but let's set the scene here. In the mid-90s, the music industry was beginning to feel the pinch. Pete Waterman was looking for the next big thing, and he had his hopes pinned on Bianca. 
but there were bigger problems. Record sales were declining and MP3s were being shared on file sharing networks. But so what? People will always buy CDs. They will always want music in their car or on the go in a discman. So provided somebody doesn't invent the iPod, everything will be fine. We don't need to worry, just have some more cocaine. At the time, Pete Waterman was selling his share of the, his PWL label to Warner Music. Bianca was one of the artists whose deal would be sold on to a subsidiary label of Warner's. This is where it gets a bit complicated. Essentially, it was Pete Waterman's company, but without him, and it would be called Coliseum instead of PWL. Bianca was very excited and she set about recording her first album at the famous PWL studios. The album was everything a soul singer could want. Lush arrangements, rolling timpanies, gospel choirs, and at the centre, Bianca's incredible voice. There was no shortage of marketing money. In fact, a five-track teaser of the album flooded radio and TV PR people. In the lead-up to the release, Bianca was everywhere. But by the time the singles were ready to go, things were starting to wobble. She released her debut single, All The Lover I Need, in May of 1996. She followed this with The Woman and Me that September. There were problems right out of the gate. The press angle was they were comparing Bianca from County Clonmel to Mariah Carey. On a side note here, there is no such thing as County Clonmel, it's a town in Tipperary. Everyone was expecting big soul ballads, but she was releasing up-tempo pop tracks. Neither of the singles that were released set the charts alight, but the album was still hotly anticipated. But before the album could be launched, out of the blue, Coliseum went bust. Bianca and her management were in shock. Everything was ready to go. The track listing had been finalised, the album was ready to be pressed, and there had even been some press about the supposedly incredible cover she'd done of Foreigners I Want to Know What Love Is. But the collapsed label owned the masters to the album, so essentially it was all over for Bianca. How can I face it? The album was dead in the water, and then other artists unintentionally began picking the bones. Westlife went on to use one of the songs. And Tina Arena released a cover of I Wanna Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Foreigner themselves were so excited to have a big-voiced female singer cover the song, they even allowed Tina Arena to write an additional bridge. Bianca was down, but all was not lost. Her album hadn't gone unnoticed by the music industry. And while it would never see the light of day, a lot of people involved in the sessions were quick to offer her work. One of her champions was Jules Holland. 
She toured with him and took session work and backing vocal gigs and temp jobs to pay the bills. But in 1998, history repeated itself. She was offered an album deal by a company called Coalition. Again, another Warner subsidiary with a lot of money. At the time, Bianca was doing a lot of session work recording vocals for dance tracks. Coalition were impressed and they wanted to turn her into a big ballad slash dance diva, somewhere along the lines of Dina Carroll. You couldn't turn that down. So Bianca recorded another album with a new, more mature sound and she was even happier with this than she had been with the last one. She cut off her trademark red hair and she dyed it brown. The big-voiced Irish Colleen marketing angle was abandoned and her first name was dropped. Canaan's first single would be the up-tempo Business. So they went about shooting a big-budget dance video in a warehouse, which is what you did in the 90s. Eight sexy dancers gyrated around tea chests while Bianca sat in a spinning chair in her bra. They followed it with Heaven, where we saw her rolling around on someone's bed, and then last but not least, So Fine, where for some reason in the video for this, she had to keep walking through doors into different parties. God, the poor girl must be exhausted. The singles were well received, and things were looking really bright. Gary Barlow even offered her the support slot on his first solo tour. The new material was going down a treat, but there was a storm brewing. Bianca got a tip off from her management that the label was in financial trouble. And shortly afterwards it was confirmed that Bianca's new label, Coalition, was dead in the water. Once again, the finished album didn't see the light of day. And for the second time in a row, Bianca was left without so much as a copy of the music she had spent months recording. But Bianca dusted herself off and went on tour with a musical. She got married and had a family and she now lives in Preston. She continues to record for big dance music producers, ads and corporate stuff. And she also works writing and recording her own music. Throughout her career, she has worked as a backing singer for Christy Hennessy. She even recorded a song with him for his duets album. I met Bianca when I was in Blackpool to meet Michelle Gale and she came to where I was staying which was a shithole in Blackpool. <laughs> Sorry about that Bianca. The place was pretty depressing and Bianca arrived in this big ball of energy and sang You found the woman in me from the other side of reception. We even took selfies beside the avocado sink. Because that's the thing about Bianca. She is great crack and she has this fantastic outlook. She isn't eternally scarred by what was incredibly bad luck. She finds it amusing how excited people get about her pop star days and how devastated they are on her behalf. But Bianca herself isn't devastated. She has a ball making a living doing what she loves. This is the very cool Bianca Canane. Very excited. <laughs> I can't too. believe I am I'm sitting in like a glamorous yeah. cell. <laughs> cell. Did you say cell? Cell. I, I, I think cell is... We have to just give thanks for the roller door that is the entrance to the bathroom. To the bathroom, <laughs> It's a roller yes. door. We're in Blackpool, <laughs> listeners, and 
It is not the most glamorous of hotels that it's I'm grand. staying in. It's grand. I've been <laughs> but, in worse. Uh, but there is some glamour in the room. Oh. I am with dance diva <laughs> Bianca Kinane. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm grand, thank you. I how are you? I was just saying to you before, you, before I met you there, mm-hmm. I've never, I, I was thinking about this when you were on your way, I've never actually heard you talk. <laughs> I've only, I think I heard you maybe once on like the children's yeah. channel or Nickelodeon okay doing right. something like that but I've only ever heard you sing and I can't believe the Clonmel oh I'm very Clonmel and to think I've actually been in the UK longer than I was ever in Ireland really yeah I've been over here 29 years oh my god yeah yeah I moved to the south of London when I was thir- 12 or 13 I think 1990 yeah and I was you, only three yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you were you always singing like? Were, I was all I was I was always singing. Even in Ireland, I was always singing. I did little talent shows at home, and um, I did demo tapes for people. You know, who had studios in the middle of nowhere, and I did a talent show in Clonmel for the Credit Union, and. <laughs> A lovely woman was there watching. I think she was scouting for talent. Oh right! And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Cummins was her name. She's Mary Cummins she's from gone the Credit Union. I think yeah. every Credit Union has a Mary Cummins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had her own drama school, you see. Oh wow! And it was brilliant. I I would never have been able to go to anything like that, you know, because my mother was on her own with us when we yeah. were kids. So, and she saw me singing, and she approached my mother and said, "Would she be interested in doing shows?" So my mother said, oh, yeah, of course. So anyway, I went through and did that. And I got a lot of experience through Mary Cummins Drama School and ended up doing stuff with the adults in the Choral Society. So that was small time there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the radio stuff kind of happened through the little demo that I did. Bit of Maura O'Connell, bit of Nancy Griffiths. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I think I was about 10. Um, then I moved over here, like I say, when I was 12 or 13. And the first kind of biggish thing I did was Stars in Their Eyes. Stars in their eyes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. The fixture of the nineties. I and loved also, it. It was, like, it was it was like the X Factor before the X Factor. Factor, became yeah, all but of there that. was none of this sub story win popularity contest. It wasn't it really wasn't that. And I think unfortunately that's what these shows have become. It's about golden buzzers and, you know, turning around and it's all dramatics for television. Would you just bloody sing? And <laughs> be something that perhaps people could work with in the future. But stop all the bloody circus acts yeah. and, you know, the and juggling so- fire for the sake of, you know, because they're like, I call it clap, clapping monkey syndrome. They're clapping and they're standing up. You've got the best voice I've ever heard. Six weeks later, you hear nothing about these people again. I know. And it's for television and that grates me. It really yeah. does. But there's got to be a talent show there's all got to be a talent yeah. show but they have to do it right they're not doing it right they're anymore they're not doing it right now they really aren't no. but back then you you were you sang Mariah Carey's Hero uh huh I did how, how did how did like who got to the form who said Bianca a friend of my mother's actually Sorry, tried to put in for it behind my back not realising that actually you have to have a demo tape of the person <laughs> singing you know you have to have some details about the person so anyway my mother was like yeah of course I'm sure she'd love to do it so we filled out the form and I'd done a demo tape because I was singing the odd time with bands in South London, just through singing in pubs and people yeah. would say, oh, or doing, ca- actually, it was from doing karaoke competitions. Because I used to go, I'd be well, a bit you were skint. you karaoke killer. Oh, on. I was. I got banned from them in the end. I was told, oh, she's not allowed to sing. I was about 14. And my mother used to bring me 
to the karaoke, you know, because I'd be a bit skint and the prize would be 500 quid, you know, in them days. <laughs> so fourteen. <up> you go. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I, I think this one, the big, the bigger prize is right. We'll do I Will Always Love You. That'll, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah, so, and I was, there was nothing to me there. So I was this tiny, big, redheaded, you know, thing, belting out I Will Always Love You. So I'd win the prize, but... Um, that's how the bands would say oh can you sing with us the weekend can you sing with us and oh, I ended wow. up doing a demo tape with funnily enough I will always love you which I can't find which I would love to hear now actually yeah. all these years yeah. later oh my god yeah and uh, Mariah Carey was on it and there was another track. I can't actually think what the third song was um, and that was sent basically to uh, Stars in the Rise but <laughs> my mother sent I will always love you and Hero oh no it wasn't it was without you I'm useless. I should have written all my notes down before I came. That was what was on the demo. And thinking back, I mean, why would you send I Will Always Love You? Even back then, you couldn't have made me up like Whitney Houston. You just, I, and really, I wouldn't have let them, to be honest with you, you know? You don't think. My mother wasn't thinking. She was just like, she can sing this and she can sing this, you know? But anyway, it was Mariah and and it was Hero. Pale skin, red headed witch. I know. Can you imagine people would be horrified? I would have been horrified. Would not have ever been in. No, 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 no. She wouldn't. So, she definitely wouldn't. So then, when you got you to go through auditions, I presume. Mm. They were great. I loved them. There was yeah. people crying and giving out and everything at them. I thought they were great. And was that live or was it pre-recorded? Um, the show I was in was pre-recorded the finals were live and the Christmas show was pre-recorded which I was delighted with the Christmas show because they picked Mariah Carey's Silent Night for the Christmas show for everyone to sing so I was like yay oh, you love a bit of Mariah Carey a little bit of Mariah so. I've seen a video of Mariah recently I don't know where she is and they're fanning her and she's completely not singing <laughs> and she's going from one she's end just to the stage yeah, yeah yeah getting the audience to sing and I thought well, nice work if you can get it yeah yeah <laughs> nice work if you can get it get the audience to do your sl- your slog and your schlep for you when you got to the final of Stars in the Rise yeah what was like what was the prize back then what, was it a I think was it a deal or was it a I, it wasn't a deal it wasn't a deal I think it was money um, I didn't win anything for the heat but obviously I didn't win the final and I don't actually know what the guy who won the final I'm friends with them on Facebook it's funny because Facebook is brilliant it's linking all them people have these photographs and memories that we've things we've all forgotten about is your clip online because I was looking through your final some of of it is online they have um, you cheering for the winner yeah 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 graciously oh it was all a great crack to me I loved it I think I was 17 when we started filming it and by the time it aired I was 18 so yeah so it was I was so young you know yeah of course and uh, I was still waitressing and working on a market in Croydon, you know what I mean, at the weekend. <laughs> and, my, and it wasn't really, I just used to float along doing everything, you know, it was all yeah. great and I'm just happy to be there kind of thing, you know. And so that after the final, yeah. um, you, you got, that's when you got your first recording contract. Yeah, I actually got the recording contract through doing gigs in West London. Somebody came to listen to me and they were well-known writers and you know, they knew people at the time and they asked me to do another demo tape. <laughs> so I did another demo tape in a really nice studio this time. Um, and I ended up doing the demo and I was asked, I think there was three record companies. It was EMI, there was Sony and there was Warner that okay. wanted, but the, the it was a subsidiary label of Warner I ended up signing to. That was part Warner, Peter Price, and part PWL, Pete Waterman. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking there was a Pete Walker yeah. involvement. Yes, wasn't there? I did the first album I put in Bunny Rabbit's ears because the album didn't get released. It was all the singles, you know, yeah. before it all happened, and then they all fell out and politics and because stuff like that. I, I don't re- know the. I internet. read a little bit on the internet about mm-hmm. it, where there's there's people talking about you know. Um, Pete Waterman needed to make a loss so they kind of screwed up oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest you know but the way I look at people be like oh but you know they wasted your talent and they didn't waste my talent at the end of of the day I I still got to sing and release music and I did a tour with Jules Holland off that and you know, Paul Weller was on that tour, that. Eddie Reid was on that tour, Sam Brown, uh, Ruby Turner, you know, all these oh, wow. fabulous people. So I'm not, I'm, and I'm, I'm not really an easy, you know, I don't easily hate people. I'm not that yeah, kind of a person. Yeah, yeah. I, I never have been yeah. and I don't think I will be. So I just looked at the experience I got, which was great. Would I, do I wish, you know, we could have gone stateside or released an album? Yeah, of course, it would have been brilliant or who knows where it would have taken us. Yeah. But at the time, it was great. I loved it. So the first album was done at the PWL Studios in Borough. Okay. And then they all fell out. And then um, the second attempt at an album was done at Rollover Studios in Kilburn. Okay. Yeah. So when Peter you were doing the, when you were doing the first album, yeah, like you, the, the, like all the lover mm-hmm. I need came out. The woman the in me one, and all that. Yes. Yeah. Um. So what were you, like what what was life like? Like, were you, was it all full on? It, or were, it, you, were, were it, you anxious or? Well, you know? I wasn't anxious. I didn't know the meaning of the word anxiety but back then. Just, I was so, I mean, I look at me, when I think of me back then, I wish I had just a little more of that, you know? I know. <laughs> just as you get older and especially once you have kids, you kind of get, your perspective changes slightly, yeah. you know? But um, I, I, life back then, I think, was... It was more of a, uh, everything was a learning curve. I hadn't actually done any of that before. So everything was, wow, you know, get my hair done here and we're being interviewed here and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or actually it was other people that would say, oh, Bianca, look, you're doing this and it's amazing. I'd be like, oh, is it? I've never been there before. I don't know, you know. Brilliant. So I was very, you know, wet behind the just, ears. You were, you were soaking the whole thing Oh, up, completely and utterly. Yeah. And completely and utterly. I loved that. That, I love the like interviews. Fun, I love the making the videos. I love the promotional tours that you did around all the radio stations, and you I know, I love the, the flying twice and three times in a day. Oh, I yeah. did love that. It's exciting, you know. I, I I had a look at the all the love I need video. Yeah, uh, where that's a very fancy flat. It was gorgeous. It was. You were just like you're rolling around the kitchen. When the we <laughs> went to that, when they brought me to that address in London. I was like, oh my God, it was like something out of a magazine, you yeah, know? it was. It was like beautiful. El Decor or something, you know? And I thought, oh, that's gorgeous. But they had me in the bath. They had me rolling <laughs> around on this woman's bed, you know? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And did you have a normal job at that time or around that time? She no, not that time. That. No, no, no. Because I was waitressing. I was working on the market. I was babysitting. I worked in a laundrette as a laundrette attendant. Um, and then I went to the Brit School for a little while. Oh, and wow. then I started doing gigs as well and I was earning a lot of money for some of my age. I'd be gigging every weekend night and, you know, earning quite yeah, a bit yeah. of money. So that was enough. And then Stars in Their Eyes happened and kind of around, all around the same year, you know. Um, and I just kind of, everything went from there. The Pet Shop Boys contacted me off the back of Stars in Their Eyes. Oh, wow. And I did a track with David Cicero. Do you remember David Cicero? Big, yes. Yeah, the, that good-looking Scottish yes. guy, Italian-Scottish. And he had um, a tune of bagpipes in it, but it was a dance tune uh, for EMI. 
with the Rapino Brothers in Chalk Farm, and it was a great tune. Went to Dublin, actually, to to an EMI convention to kind of promote it and everything. And again, there was politics with that. I don't know oh, what goes on with things, honestly. But yeah, that was really good. That was off the back of Stars in Their Eyes. And I think I kind of started really immersing myself in just being an artist when I signed the record deal. Because you can't really do yeah, that. You you, you're working yeah, for yeah. the record company, effectively, you know? When that the first album didn't go, there was so much promotion around. There was loads of promotion yeah, around. I, I first read about you in Hot Press in Ireland. Okay. Because it was a big article um, and it was all about it. You were going to be like... There was so Clown much. Kind of yeah, were, there was. There was. The next big. There was so much of that. Did you get a bit down when it kind of all did? No, go? I didn't. No. At all, because I was just glad the politics were over, and I think okay. my managers at the time were getting more heartbroken than I was. And I um again, I'll say I've I'm not attached to things very much. Yeah. My kids and my animals, yes, but the outcome of something like that when I was experiencing all of that for the first time plus I hadn't written any of these songs so it wasn't like people were personally rejecting my work or oh, right. you okay. know so, so it was a layer of protection in there. yeah 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 it was yeah. just like well this is happening you know whatever and then it was on to the next recordings yeah. and those songs were great as well and they were more up my street those songs that was when uh, the you, you went from Bianca Kinane to Kinane. Kinane, Kinane. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because the dance stuff was doing better than the mainstream stuff. Yeah, what, how long was it between the two? Like, so you did oh the, my God, the, there was... Was there downtime? Yeah, there was mm, a little bit, a little bit. I'd started writing with other artists as well, you see, so I was kind of busying myself doing that and slotting the studio stuff in for the album in okay. between that because I realised, well, actually... My manager at the time was saying to me, write, write, write. So I was writing with people who wrote rock. I was writing with people who wrote big ballads, you know. You know well, I was like a session writer at the time, oh, but wow. I was brand new to writing. Everyone used to say to me, you sing like that, but you don't write. And I would write the odd thing, but I was so self-conscious about what I'd written. I wouldn't want anyone to yeah. hear it, you know. And then once I broke that, it didn't matter. You're hearing it. You listen to yeah, my song, you know. Yeah. You get a bit divish. But um, there wasn't that much downtime, really. But the problem with the second kind of attempt... The songs were brilliant, worked with some fantastic people. One guy called John Campbell, I think was his surname, and he was on the gospel side of things and he arranged gospel choirs and he produced them. And yeah, yeah. The, the music is very lean towards that. It had interludes and everything on it, this album. And I would love to get a hold of, you know, what they had as, as the final thing. Oh, do, um, do you not have the albums? No, of course I don't. They were never actually... Oh, so they never gave they you... They never actually put them as a proper album, which is so frustrating because we did so many songs. Obviously, the singles are out there and yeah, that's yeah. fine. But especially that second attempt, there were so many songs. We must have done 12 songs. And they were some of them were absolutely brilliant. Some of them were like that's cheesy R&B terrible. pop. But I know the day will come because I keep bumping into the right people, you see, and just, just managing to get hold of another little track that I did that I'd completely forgotten about and... You know, they surface, they do surface. Because so. I remember reading that Hot Press interview, there mm. was a, a real, they were really pushing that you'd done a version of, um, I want to know what well, love is. Yeah, I did Foreigner. it. And Mariah Carey did a version. Uh, she did a version. I didn't know that till recently. No way. That Mariah had done a version. How weird is that? But it was a good, I liked her version and I thought it was great. But that was at the PWL Studios. That was a long time ago. PWL Studios. Do you, can you feel the history of that place? Oh God, yeah. Like, yeah, because it's quite pokey, you know, as you walk around it and that. Um, and all you know because you, you kind of go down like a ginnel as they call it up here a ginnel an alleyway you know to okay. get to the the kind of main door of the studios the main reception is at the front on Borough High Street but the studio doors 
are down this kind okay. of side and all the walls are all signed you know love you Kylie Jason Sonia blah, all the okay, names you know yeah. And it was, I mean, going to work there every day was great. That must have been brilliant. There were some really good songs, some really good ballads as well. That's my only regret is that they never got to release one of the ballads. Yeah. Because they were brilliant. I mean, they were like American artists good. You know, the production there, on them and... Yeah, there was, there was one, um, a real gospel one called Fortune Favours. Favours the Brave. That was written by a I mean, Scottish woman was. called Marwenna Diami and she is amazing. I'm oh actually working with her at the minute. Well, I've just finished working with her on a track for um, a charity in America somewhere. I think it's... But she wrote Fortune Favours the Brave. And she was actually a friend of a guy I work with a lot. I put the videos on Facebook. Tom Wilson, the Scottish man. He plays the piano. Oh, right. Yeah, those videos oh, that yeah, I'm always yeah, putting on and play, yeah. just little studio snippets. He was a friend of hers on Facebook. And then he posted our first video a few years ago. And she went, oh my gosh, is this girl Irish? And he said, yes, her name is Bianca. I wrote a song for her and it was on, you know, her album. It was Fortune Favours the Brave. No so way. It's, that's why I'm always on Facebook. I love Facebook. I've connected yes. with so many people that I know I would never have bumped into again. When you had the second go, mm-hmm. like when you did the, the second deal and stuff, they seemed to throw, they seemed to throw a lot of money. Oh, they did, you, yeah. The, My manager at the, the time knew, were... knew he, well, his wife was a video producer oh, okay. so she didn't do all the videos but they had that kind of a they had the mindset and they knew what exactly they, yeah. they knew what was working at the time and they were very they had the finger on the pulse at the time and because i was up for anything i was like yeah yeah let's cut my hair short yeah let's video you know for business that, that's very um there's horse, the there's, there's, of the, there's, the apocalypse yeah. <laughs> because not they, yet like, I mean, we don't want to die in blackpool <laughs> sorry blackpool no disrespect people have died in this room <laughs> <laughs> you can you feel, can feel it. it you can feel it <laughs> That's an oh, old loud. <laughs> oh. Um, what was I going to say to you? The, um, yeah, we were talking about the, the, the video for business. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, do, like, that was, that was, that reminds me of, like, a late video for Louise. Like, it seems like... Yeah, with the suit and, and the choreographed dancing. dancing and and the, you're kind yeah. of like the CEO of the warehouse. Yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tilbury Docks, by the way, it was. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been amazing doing mm. that. Gangsters malls we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. And even the lead up to the video, because, you know, you have auditions for dancers. So we'd have open oh, auditions at Pineapple Studios. And it was brilliant. It was so good. And you'd have to dance and you'd have to see who you liked. And Oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was like another world, you know. I mean, it really was. But really good. Great um, experience. So you did, there was three singles that time. Yes. And then, yeah. what, how did it end? They went into liquidation because they a were label. a subsidiary label of Warner. Because when they split ways with um, PWL, I think that's when they became Coalition. I don't remember the name. Okay. Terrible. And they moved to the Electric Light building on in Kensington on the high street. And um, things were, you could tell things were starting to, not for me personally, it. but certain people were leaving and there was just whispers and with people who I'd worked with from... PWL, you know, uh, A&R people and okay. uh, p- video commissioner type, you know, people who would go handle different areas. There was, you, you knew them personally by this stage, you know, because it was a good okay. few years later and they were whispering and there was stories being told. So my manager was saying to me, don't be surprised if, and I was like, no, I'm not surprised, I won't be surprised, you know. So I went and just had a year out and then I did my auditions for my theatre stuff, which is where I met my husband. Oh, what was, what was the, It was a Bill Kenwright show called Thank You For The Music. And it was music right through from like the 60s up to the 80s. 
It was a good. It was good fun. You met the husband. I met the husband. Yeah, he was the lighting designer on the show, and I was ill one day. I had laryngitis or something. So I said, "Can I go and sit out and watch the show? Because you don't get to see it if you're in a DSL." And I heard this knock, knock, knock on the window behind me. It was the lighting, you know, the area behind me. So I went in and. Yeah, you're right, love, because he's from up here. He's from up north. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, from Preston. He's actually from Scotland, but he grew up in Preston and he lived in Preston. And uh, that was it. We just that started. Was a game yeah, yeah, that was it. Within six weeks, I was engaged to him. My mother hadn't met him or anything. <laughs> and I got a new tattoo on my back. And I was staying with my friend, um, Joe McGann, the actor Joe. He's lovely, he's sweetheart in Brighton. And I was saying, Joe, I'm worried, sick. My mother's going to go mad because she was coming to Brighton to see the show. And I said, Mammy's going to kill me. I'm getting engaged. I've got a big tattoo. She said, he said to me, what you do is show her the ring and say, Mammy, look, me and Jim got engaged. Oh, and by the way, look at my tattoo. <laughs> Distract her. So I was like, right, okay. All right. All right, I'll do that. So she belted me. She said, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. But I don't like your tattoo, she said. <laughs> when I finished the show, I had my first son. Okay. Yeah. And so I was just doing the odd session here and there. Actually, I was doing quite a lot at first while he was small because I'd been working with people all throughout my pregnancy and I was still living in London at the time as well. So it was good money and it was good for me to have these songs. You know, I did a few showcases with people. Um, Mikey from Boyzone did one. I did some stuff with him and different artists, Christy Hennessy and people like that. I would work. I loved Christy. was fantastic. didn't you guest you're, you're a guest on one of his albums yes I used to do all Christie's backing vocals when oh, he was right. doing albums and he'd work with Alan Jones at the time as oh, well right. so I'd do whenever they needed BVs doing and they wanted some someone with you know a different texture voice they'd get me in and it was usually on most of the albums you know so I went and did that and then whenever Christie was doing his own stuff he'd ask me or Hermione they'd ask me you know and uh, when he passed away then it yeah. was they were doing the duets album and Hermione, I think, was meant to sing on Will You, but she couldn't. So she asked me oh, to do it, which was amazing, really, when you think about it. And I sang at his funeral. I sang Oh Holy Night at his funeral and sat down and went to bits. <laughs> so it's amazing to be able to do these things, you know, yeah. so, and be asked to do them. But um, That yeah. is amazing, actually. Yeah, it was. It really yeah, was. It was lovely. It was lovely. It was heartbreaking, but it was lovely. It was lovely. so sad when he died because he was so like, he, sad. It was, very, it was quite sudden, wasn't it? Yeah, he'd been ill for a while, but he carried on. Yeah. So he was even, he was recording some of the songs on the album. He's really poorly, you know? But he just, the music was in him and that was it. He yeah. had to get out what he wanted to get out. Get yeah. it done. Yeah, it was lovely. Christy was one of the nicest people. How he came across was actually how he was. You know, he really was a genuinely nice, nice person. You know, he can yeah. the way he spoke and everything, that was him, you know. Just such a, such a, just a one in a million kind of a man Christy was. And do you, do you do stuff with Hermione now? No, I haven't. They're doing Hennessy, aren't they? At the minute they're doing this. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they've finished it now, but herself, Amber and Tim are doing their dad's songs and I think some new stuff as well. Oh, but they wow. they did just like a handful of dates. I'm sure it was only in Ireland because I was okay. saying if you were coming over here, I would have gone, you know, but I haven't seen or spoken to Hermione for a while. She's based in L.A., I think, at the minute mostly oh, as okay. well. So I think she looks after artists over there. Oh, wow. But yeah, she's doing all right, Hermione, yeah, she's wow. busy. And Tim is part of uh, David and Cash, that kind of electronic. Oh, right. Check them out, their stuff is great. Yeah. Oh, cool. Really good. And are Cash you... and David, it's called. Cash and David. Yeah, I'm useless to remember names, as you can tell. 
Everyone gets called my darling and sweetheart. Okay. It, I worked in a That's school a for a while. That's a real Irish thing. Oh, well, I worked in a school for a while, you know, while the boys were small. I worked at their primary school. And I could never remember the kids' names. And it was always, hello, my darling. What would you like, sweetheart? Oh, it's okay, my love, you know. And it's not politically correct. You can't really be saying that no, in the workplace. But I was like, you can feck off. It's either that or, sorry, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's just going to Mrs. Kinane, doesn't remember my name, you know. Mrs. Kinane. Yeah, that's, so that's Irish. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a housekeeper. Well, it's, it would be Kinane, wouldn't it, yeah. over there? Yeah, yeah. I only had to start saying Kinane because people didn't have a clue what I was on about. Or I'd go somewhere and they'd say, oh, Kinane. But I remember being on the phone. The, the one thing that used to bug me was when I'd work with American, some American people. And uh, it was Bianca. Oh, Bianca. Bianca. It's still, it just grates me. But it's the way Americans say Bianca. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Garoud is just a complete... Bianca. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. There's me whinging. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Garoud, yeah. I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> I actually, although I had a really weird experience. I was in LA last year. Yeah. Or a few before. And uh, I got a coffee on Sunset Boulevard. Right. And the guy that I ordered it from had... Uh, like he didn't have great English okay but I, I said Garoud yeah just because I was like well I'm not explaining it it's just what? like what's your name what did he put I went and I got uh, like the coffee store I think yeah yeah I came back and there was, there was a coffee and my name was written perfectly with the father you're shitting me I swear to god 100% true and actually I, it That's wasn't I, I was out of the shop because I was doing a course when I was over there and I was out of the shop by the time I noticed but I was late I had to go and I went back in the next day and he was gone it's not possible. It was weird. It's not I possible. I couldn't believe it. And it's I, one of those I, I things. Took a photograph yeah, yeah. Everything. I would have had to keep the cup. Yes. <laughs> I have a big wicker basket in my <laughs> attic full of crap. Every time we move, my husband says, Bloody, get rid of that basket. I'm like, feck off. No, not yet. I'm not. There'll have to be a house fire to get rid of that. He's like, mm, that could be arranged. Yeah, yeah, that could be arranged. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Oh, he's a bad bugger. He buried one of my copper candlesticks in the garden and said that it got lost. And I found it. A copper. A copper because he hated them. And when we moved, he buried one in the garden. He was like, no, she's not bringing those with her. <laughs> he's a fecker, honestly. He is. You've you need eyes on the back of your head with him. He's a cancer. That's why I love him. So. <laughs> You still seem very excited by... Oh, yeah, I am. I am. The whole thing. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people... I've definitely interviewed people who have been, like, completely jaded. Jade, I can understand why. Because if you are putting your heart and soul into something and you know in your heart and soul that it's good and, you know, it should be doing there or it should be... See, I don't like the word should. Why should it? Why should anything do anything? Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. Why not just enjoy it for what it is? If somebody shafts you, fair enough, be pissed off. Have enough of it. Get a bit jaded. But, you know, you've got to look at things just and put them down to experience. And that's what I do. Yeah. And I, I only do things now that I'm happy to do. And you it know? does keep coming back for you, doesn't it? Because, I mean, oh, yeah, it done, does. Yeah, you've yeah. done so many, what are they called? Uh, top line? Uh, or yeah, yeah, all the top. I know what you mean, top lines. Singing over dance Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done all the, in fact, that's mostly what I'm doing at the minute. Okay. I'm working with some guys from Ministry Sound. I do the Ministry Sound CDs. Um, there's so much going on. I'm actually thinking of going back into doing uh, television ads and stuff as well. Because oh, that's okay. great. So the last one I did was the Foster's ad and it was fantastic. And the brief was, at this session, okay, we need you to do robot porn. <laughs> Don't spit your water out. <laughs> Not on the glamorous carpet. 
I don't even think a rug doctor could save this a carpet. Lot more than water spill. <laughs> <laughs> spill on that carpet. The blue light comes out. <laughs> CSI. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I went to do a session and it was for a Foster's TV ad and I was asked to do robot porn and I was like, how the bloody hell do you do robot porn? <laughs> so, you know, you do your oohs and ahs and breathy and with a little bit of lean on them and yeah so it was one of the fosters ad it was the one if you remember with the japanese guy with the robot and then he, he goes to where he unpacks this robot ah robot the chan he says and he oh, unpacks yeah. this robot and then he comes home and the robot's in bed with the hoover and the microwave <laughs> anyway all the, the background noise is me and this other guy yeah oh my god robot porn it's amazing the things you get asked to do really and do you still have an agent or management now? No, or, no I don't. Just, I just, so it's just purely Everything from... online, I just go with whatever I'm free to do. If I like the sound of it, I'll do it. I'm working a lot actually as well with Steve Swindles from Hawkwind at the okay. minute. He does a lot of dance stuff as well. He's He's got a great ear, Steve has. There was like, um, what were they called? Top, oh God, Top Blazing. Oh God, oh my Yeah, okay, so because it was at the same time I was pregnant with my second boy actually when I did all that it was Ed Case blazing so that was Garage 2 step yes. you know and Talk To Me with K-Class K-Class that was fantastic wow. that was great that was really really good those lads are brilliant so and did you do the video and everything while you were pregnant yeah yeah I was pregnant with Tig. I think I was about 6 months pregnant with Tig. okay I was knackered <laughs> I was jaded and and uh, my friend Mandy was there rubbing my black feet because we were I was barefoot in this club in London somewhere that they'd literally, I think the weekend before they'd announced to clubbers, we're doing a video if you want to be in it, turn up. Okay. So all these people <laughs> just turned up for the video and they were brilliant. It was fantastic. Such a good crack, it really was. I loved it. But I'm, I was pregnant and then they were touring, they were doing everything and invite me on for the track and they were in Ibiza and everyone's, yay, in Ibiza. And I'm like, oh, I cream <laughs> at Manumission or the other way around. And I was upstairs in the VIP bit and I'm falling asleep and one of the bouncers is like, no, 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 you can't sleep there. And the K-class guys are like, no, she's pregnant. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. She's not just like out partying herself and conking out in your VIP, you know. She's preggers, love. I'm there, no, hard-working pregnant woman, look at me. And you do a lot of online, like you were saying, like little studio sessions. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, do you, is that a regular thing or, or, or are you just always tinkering? I'm always tinkering, over. always tinkering. I'm always doing sessions for other people. I do sessions, obviously, I work collaborating with other people as well. But I love things, you know, that the internet and online has given us lately, like Facebook Live and things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know. Two years ago, I wouldn't have had a clue what you're on about, you know, and I would have had no interest in it. But I realise I, I actually enjoy it now that I know how to do it and I'm happy to do it. And why not? If you've yeah. got a fantastic pianist there who can play anything. I mean, this man can play anything. Tom Wilson, he's amazing. And uh, and not just sing, you know, yeah. why not? People oh. love it. And people say, oh, give me requests. And... What do your kids think? What? what, what oh, the... they're so blasé about it. Mom! Can you keep your voice down? I'm online to my mates. All they can hear is me singing, falling down the stairs. And my husband calls it Mariah, you know, in the background. Yeah, falling down the stairs. So, um, yeah, they're okay. My youngest is a bit more into the music than my eldest. Do, do you think either of them will go, go that way? I don't think so. My youngest, I think, could do acting. I, I, oh, okay. But he's just, he's, it's not his thing for him. Okay. If, if, if he did it, it would be for me and I wouldn't want that. Oh, I want right. him to do it for himself. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 pushy mammy. 
Do you know how to put you know how to Oh God, no. No, no. no. What about no, no. the eldest? Was he He does computer programming, so he's doing software design and development and that's his stuff. That's his thing. That's his thing and he's got the brain for it. Brilliant. Coding and everything. He's very they're both oh. quite good at it, but that's their thing. I haven't a clue what goes over my head. Pay for Manny's album. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least try and pay a few people to get hold of stuff, yeah. you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're on a mission. We have to find that. I know. Yeah, some surely. of the stuff. There was interludes and a little like 30 second interludes and everything. It was amazing. That second lot was great. There was some great tracks. I will. I'll get hold of them at some stage. God, well, keep me posted. I will. Of course I will. <laughs> You'll be like, oh my God, it's another email from Bianca. Quick. Change my email address. <laughs> well, Bianca, it's been incredible. Stuff. Mm. It's been incredible. I feel like I've only been talking for five minutes. I, I know, know that's not the like case. Motor melt, I am. <laughs> and it, uh, it's been so nice to meet you because and I was you. such a fan back in the day. Oh, my such darling. Still am. Well, I'll let you know when stuff, more stuff's coming out. And and, listen, get me the address. We're breaking into that vault. <laughs> Rollover you Studios. Better, you better set your alarm. On Warner Beethoven Street. Is. Um, is <laughs> yeah, that's why they called it Rollover. Rollover roll Beethoven. Over studios, um, Beethoven Street. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In Kilburn. Right. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Into the vaults. Can you imagine? <laughs> they see me coming a mile off of this head of hair on me. <laughs> Thank you so much, my darling. That was Bianca Kinane. She is an absolute gem. You can find Bianca on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And she regularly posts clips from her recording sessions. So uh, yeah, check her out. She is awesome. Also, uh, she has lots of stuff on iTunes. Like there's a lot of her singles and stuff that you can buy there. And there is also a project she did a while ago called Passion Has Dreams. So that's all up there. So check her out. And I really do hope she manages to get copies of those two albums that she made. And if you're out there and listening to this and you can actually help her, well, get in touch. Remember, uh, please do share links to Fascinated on her social media and I will absolutely be your best friend. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Road Farley. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I am new on Instagram. Follow me there because I have very few followers, actually. Quite frankly, it is mortifying. In the next episode, I will have the full details of my autumn tour. <laughs> so there you go. You've got that to look out for because that's going to be massive. <laughs> Sell up, Garode. Sell up. Uh, thanks to Bianca. There will be a new episode soon. Who? Oh, the new episode is... The new episode is really exciting. The new episode... He's the singer of one of the biggest selling songs of the 90s. Uh, it's a really funny episode and he was absolutely fantastic. So that will be out before the end of the month. So check it out. Yeah, so set your notifications. You don't want to miss this one. It'll be out soon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you run a small business, efficiency has never been more important. So for a limited time, Comcast Business is introducing small business savings. Call now to get powerful internet for just $39 a month for 12 months with no annual contract and a money-back guarantee. All on the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Ends 921-22. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Restrictions apply. New business 50 megabits per second customers only. Equipment taxes and other charges extra and subject to change. After promo, regular rates apply.